0: For the commandments are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. In my second sermon here, way back in September 2018, it may also have been Labor Day weekend. I preached about my two pet turtles, the song of songs and love. It was a pretty good sermon. I reread that sermon a few weeks ago because I wanted to know if anything had changed. I wanted to know how much these two years of ministry alongside you had changed what I thought, had changed who I was, had shaped my ministry and my understanding of the gospel. Not very much, it turns out, and also unimaginably, as these things tend to go. Two years ago, I stood in the pulpit in our sanctuary here and Reflecting on a love poem that we call the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon, I said the following. This is a love that calls us outside ourselves as individuals into relationships and out of these relationships into the world. This is what we mean when we say that God is love. Our love of God shouldn't keep us sitting transfixed for hours in the pews after worship. It should send us out into the rest of our lives. It should cause us as the poet writes in the Song of Songs, to rise and go. In that line so often heard in weddings, arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Not to rise and to go as individuals driven by our love of God, but as a church driven by our communal, committed relationship to Christ. I don't think that any of this has changed in the last two years. I don't even know if I'd put it very differently today. When I listen to this reading from Paul's letter to the Romans, in fact, I'm reminded of how simple Christianity really is. It's not new for us to say that God is love. That's the first letter of John almost 2000 years ago. It's not innovative for us to say that all of God's commandments can be summed up in one commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's just Paul speaking. And in fact, it's what Jesus says, too, when he names the two great commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. And as much as I love Jesus and as much as I love Paul, I can't even give them credit for this amazing discovery of love. It's not their particular genius. It's the common teaching of their day. You could hardly throw a stone in first century Jewish Palestine without hitting a rabbi who would tell you that love of God and love of neighbor were the two great commandments. So while I'm sure that my sermons have gotten a little better in the last two years, and I know that they've certainly gotten easier to write, you might look at those two years and say that you'd hardly expect anything to change. Paul's summary of the law is straightforward. Jesus' teaching is simple their spiritual precepts have hardly changed in 2,000 years. So why would you expect my spiritual life to change in two? And yet, I know that's not the case at all. I know that in the two years that I've spent here with you, my life has grown and changed and been transformed, not just on your behalf or as your priest or even in your presence, but I think by you, by your love. I guess that what I mean to say is that Christianity is a religion that's easy to understand and hard to live. Christianity is a religion that's easy to preach and quite difficult to practice. It teaches us to love God wholeheartedly and our neighbors as ourselves. But if we're perfectly honest with, one another, with ourselves, I think we would all say that we, we love God with 80% of our hearts at our best, and we tend to love our neighbor's second best at most. Christian life and our spiritual growth is not about understanding the intricacies of theology in ever deeper detail over time. In fact, Christian life doesn't require us to understand much theology at all. If all we ever knew of Christian teaching was those two great commandments, if all we ever did was fulfill that one commandment that sums up all the rest, it would be Christianity. For love, Paul writes, is the fulfilling of the law. And yet, we don't love. We can't. Or uh, what I mean to say is we love, but with our imperfect loves, with loves that are never self-giving enough to love our neighbor as ourself, and not just to love our neighbor a reasonable and prudent amount. We look to human history and we find that nobody, and I mean nobody, has ever lived out that kind of perfect love. And then this being church, we say, okay, except, Maybe Jesus, maybe Jesus. In the context of Paul's letter to the Romans, I don't think this is just a kind of pious Sunday school answer, where when the kids don't know the answer to the question, somebody should just default to saying, Jesus? In fact, I think it's the key to Paul's whole point in this section of the letter. Maybe Jesus loved God and his neighbor with this kind of perfect love Paul describes. Wake from sleep, Paul writes. Put on the armor of light. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. This isn't a separate point from the first part of our reading about this law of love. It's not just a lovely image that's completely detached from that teaching before. I think in reality, it's the advice that he gives, opaque as it may be, for carrying out this law of love in practice that we accept in theory. Christianity is simple but hard because love is simple but hard. We cannot fulfill the commandments on our own, and I don't mean the Passover commandments. I mean the commandment to love our neighbors as ourselves. We cannot do it, but we have help. Love is what we're supposed to do. Christ is how we're supposed to do it, is who gives us the power to do it. On our own, we are loving, we're trying, but we're imperfect, we're flawed. But when we put on Christ, when we clothe ourselves in love, we start to grow into the power to love as we should. Like a summer intern putting on a jacket and tie for the first time, who's not really sure how to work in an office, but at least is dressing for success. Like a superhero who puts on that Spider-Man costume for the first time, building an identity that he's not sure he's really earned. We put on Christ, and over time we slowly grow into the love of Christ as we become more deeply a part of the body of Christ. We put on Christ in our baptism when we descend with him into the water and rise again into a new life with new white clothes. We put on Christ in the Eucharist when Some day past and some day to come, we receive his body into our bodies and his sustaining life becomes part of the sustenance of our lives. We put on Christ in preaching and reading and prayer when we allow his words to shape our minds and our souls. And I think even more importantly, we put on Christ every time we gather as a church, as two or three or twelve together. I've sometimes heard the church called the school of love. It's the place where we learn to love, the place where we grow into the full stature of Christ's self-giving love. And by the church and the place, I don't mean this church and this place. I mean, as Jesus says, everywhere that two or three are gathered together in his name. Christian marriage is a school of love. Christian friendship is a school of love. Every youth group, every Bible study, every committee meeting is a place, a community, where we grow, where we learn, where we become more loving. I don't mean this in an idealistic way. Anyone who's been married, anyone who's raised children, anyone who's been a child knows that loving somebody doesn't necessarily make them any easier to love. After a few decades of the same fights around the vestry meeting table or the kitchen dinner table, after a few hundred tantrums, or, and I did look it up, 176 days together, but who's counting, we learned that loving one another can be a rough proposition. And yet it's this very roughness, I think, that teaches us how to love. When I was a kid, I had one of those... Uh, rock tumblers, those gem polishing sets. You know, you have a plastic canister that we stuck down in the basement because it was pretty loud and you load it up with these dark rocks and you pour in some water and you pour in some of this weird powdery soapy type substance and you plug it in. And it tumbles over and over and over and the stones drop and fall and knock into each other over and over and over. The Benedictine nun, Joan Chittister, uses this metaphor to describe her experience of life in a convent, in a monastic community. I think it's true of life in any Christian community, whether it's a household or a parish or a convent. Like sharp-edged stones in a tumbler, we bump up against each other over and over. It's not a linear process. Sometimes we crack off a whole side and a new sharp face appears, but over time, We wear each other down with our efforts to love one another, until one day we look at ourselves and realize that slowly, oh so slowly, in this world or the next, we've been shaped by one another into the polished gems that were always hidden inside. So two years ago, I showed up here, newly minted, out of seminary, and preached to you about love. And today, as I prepare to say goodbye next week, I show up, more or less newly minted out of seminary, and preach to you about love. My two years here as your priest have been wonderful in many ways. But has anything changed? Have I learned? Have I grown? Or is this just the same message that it's been for 2,000 years? Well, it's the same message, but it's not the same me, I guess. Sure I've learned, sure I've changed, sure I've grown but mostly I've been polished a little more day by day and month by month into a truer version of myself. I'm not a shining gem yet. Nobody's going to set me into an engagement ring anytime soon. But my prayer for you, my prayer for all of us, as we prepare to say goodbye to one another, is that you keep putting on Christ together. That you keep coming together and crashing together, and growing together. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, of that water and soapy substance, and the constant motion of living life week after week and year after year as the church, you keep learning together in the school of love. For love truly is the fulfilling of the law. Amen.